It's Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor is live in Indianapolis for the NFL Draft Combine. We got more sound on the way from the Combine. We'll also get your thoughts as well on the text line and phone, 702-365-9200. Again, the keyword for today to get in line for the drawing for the $2,024 is... Chip! Chip, C-H-I-P! Chip! As in poker chips, blackjack chips, C-H-I-P, text it in to 702-365-9200. We're trying to hook you up here as we talk to... uh, more of the draft prospects, and read some great texts that are coming in as well. And now is the time for Chris Thomas, the Super Bowl champion wide receiver with the 1999 St. Louis Rams. He's also a performance development mentor and a life coach. You can DM DM him on social media at Fusion Odyssey. You can schedule a consultation. You can even get the link to his video series. It's Fusion Odyssey. Understand your mind to understand your greatness. Chris Thomas, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Oh man, we're so good. Thank you. We're in the gauntlet, right? We're 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 processing a lot of information. We're trying to scout up these guys. We're trying to watch them run in a straight line and say, "I know how well they're going to be on that field or how great they're going to be on that field." But uh, the interview portion is obviously kind of the big piece of this feast for them, and that's where the teams can get to know these guys and put them in different situations. I heard that the Eagles put a prospect uh, on the spot and made him shoot like three. Uh, free throws he missed all three but that's where it's like how do you act when you when you fail in front of somebody or you just have a brush and how do you interview after that I find that fascinating especially since there's been some wildly inappropriate questions in the past but there's some creativity which I love Uh, but if you had a chance to ask a prospect a question in the official combine interview room what would you throw at him to get a read and why my my first question would probably be um, right off the top of my head, like why why you why do you play football? You know, I like mm. I want to understand why do you play? Is it for a paycheck? Is it for the love? Is it for both? And then I would ask, you know, like what means the most to you as it relates to the game? Like, what is it that motivates you to wake up every morning to be great? Right? And does greatness even matter to you? Mm. You know, so these are questions I would want to know. Like. Does being great even matter to you? And it's okay if it doesn't, right? Like, I just want you to be authentic. I just want to know who you are so that we can decide for ourselves if that's a fit for what we're looking for in our franchise, right? So, you know, I I need to know that you love the game. I need to understand why you play. And I need need to understand, like, whether or not you care about being great and why. Like, why why do you care about being great? Because that's another really important question, right? For me, just because I understand kind of the mind and I'm teaching people how to live in their own space. I want you to be great because, you know, you have to sleep with that every day or every night and you wake up to that every morning where it's like, I love the idea of constantly challenging myself to be the best version of who I am. And I love the fact that if I do that, that I get to contribute to a franchise and potentially change the pathway to the organization. Like that is kind of an answer that I'd be looking for. So for me, yeah, it'd be, it'd be that, and, and also, I'd, I'd like to know, like, what their foundation is, right? Like, what, where do you go when, when you need answers? Where do you go when you feel lost, right? Like, I'd love to know that about somebody because that, again, is going to tell me a bit about that person and whether or not, you know, that's a fit with what culture I'm trying to create and the type of profile person I'm trying to, trying to you know, recruit and, and draft. 
We're speaking with Chris Thomas here from Fusion Odyssey here on the morning tailgate. Then what do you think about, you know, kind of like the first part of Lindsay's question, when NFL teams would ask these very weird, offbeat questions, sometimes downright horrible, what do, you, what do you think they were trying to get as far as, like, gaining a certain knowledge base from their responses to questions like, is your mother a prostitute? That was an actual question they've asked over the years. And these these kind of questions, they, they build up a certain kind of, like, uh, you know, acrimony and kind of hatred towards the interview process. But why do you think they ask those kind of questions, and what do you think the answers are, should be if they were trying to find the right answer? Yeah, well, I don't even know why you'd ask a question like that because I don't even know how that's relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ways to, I guess, inquire about somebody's background that doesn't require you to directly, pointedly be like, hey, is it true your mom was a prostitute? <laughs> it's like, there, there are ways to go about that, but what you're trying to ascertain from that, I'm not really sure because if the question is, who am I, right? If the question is, how have I been influenced by my upbringing, by something like that potentially being true, there are other ways to ask it that aren't so offensive, you know, because that's kind of, that's an egregious question. Um, And and honestly, if I was on the other side, and and I'm being completely honest, if you asked me that question, my my response would be a question. My response would be, I'm just curious to know how that's relevant. I mean, what are you trying to, trying to determine about who I am by asking me that question because I can help you with that but that question I'm not sure like where you're going with that and the relevancy of that question turning right? it around like, yeah start yeah, asking you know, them questions yeah I mean honestly I know that that's challenging because you feel like you're the one who's supposed to be doing all the answering and they're supposed to be supposed to be doing all the asking excuse me but you know there's a line where you, you have the ability to ask questions as well, and you should. Um, if a franchise is going to, you know, draft you, you'd like to know what they're about and the people that you're going to be playing, you know, for. So I'd love to know that question. I mean, I still – I mean, I'd love to know um, – I'd love to be able to ask my own question when you're asking me a question like that. But, you know, oftentimes, again, I don't know that we feel like we're in a position to have a response, like to ask them a question in response. I mean, I remember I was working out for the Bengals, and I didn't want to run a 40, you know, yard dash, and they agreed that I wouldn't. And I hadn't prepared for a 40 in like two years, and then I show up, and the first thing they asked me to do was run a 40. And I didn't feel like I was in a position to question it, to say no. Um, I felt a bit powerless, so I did it, mm-hmm. and it was not to my advantage. So, you know, that experience would tell me if I were coaching anybody up on the interview process, I would say something to the effect of, yeah, if they ask you a question that, you feel may cross the line, then I want you to feel comfortable asking them a question in return as to where are you going with that and what what information are you trying to you know ascertain from that. But yeah, I, I don't understand why you've even asked that question. It's just it's just offensive. Maybe you're looking for a reaction or something. Exactly. I, I think it's I think it's literally just like a toxic power move. I think it's 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 establishing that I'm willing to ask a question of this nature. And it kind of I think there's just kind of an automatic coward because, like you said, who would ask this question? Why would you be this this offensive? But it puts you off kilter. And that's your readjustment by pointing a question back to them, I think, is a great response. But so many of these guys, like you were in your meeting with the Bengals, the power dynamic isn't even. And it inherently really can't be until it, it, it turns 
turns into a different type of cultural shift. And I think we're seeing that league-wide, uh, at least uh, teams that are willing to go with a little bit more of an egalitarian uh, power structure, and that's built more on respect and diversity of ideas and values and all of that. Uh, but but it's certainly something that I think still creeps up. But there's different ways to to take people by surprise without making them feel uncomfortable. I, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, you got to think, too, like if someone asks you a question that you were offensive, I mean, imagine that it's a first date, right? And someone's asked you a question that's completely offensive. You would walk out of the date. You can't do that in a combine interview. But if someone asked you that question that you felt offended by, even if you answered it, you might walk away going, would I even want to play for that franchise? Exactly. Right? Like, so there's that whole other side of it. Like, is that a franchise you want to play for where someone doesn't understand, you know, the, the parameters that should exist and what you can and can't ask? Um, and, again, there are ways to ask that. I mean, that person that you're asking that question to may, may divulge that information if you ask it the right way. Right? Like, again, you know, what has influenced you in your upbringing? Was your upbringing challenging? You know, and, and how does that shape you? You know, there's ways to ask that question where they might divulge some information, but to just come out and in your face ask the question, I mean, again, if it were me, I, I would have real doubts about wanting to play for people who don't understand how inappropriate that is. Yeah, words certainly matter as well as your thoughts, and we, we talk a lot about that with Chris Thomas as he joins us each and every Friday at 9 a.m. to really give us a, a, a brain chiropractor session, and we're always ready for an adjustment. And, and just to kind of shift gears away from the team aspect and some answers that we've heard from players in the process of potentially the biggest job interview of their lives, Tyler Owens uh, and Tip Ryman both had comments that they didn't believe in space or other planets. That was a Tyler Owens comment, and then Tip Ryman says he doesn't think birds are real uh if you're their agents what is your level of frustration right now because guess what comes up when people are googling your name it's not your 40 times it's not any of your statistics it's not all the great things that you've done it's it's this it's this quote and so i i taught we talk about reading the room a lot uh in this aspect to me they blew it <laughs> yeah yeah they would get one text to me that would be capital o capital m capital g you know it's I would be like, come on, like, what are you doing, right? There's a, there's a time to be eccentric and a right. time not to be eccentric. And, again, you have to know your audience, right? Like, mm -hmm. you, you have to know the room. And they, buy, they should have been coached up to not say anything or, or suggest anything that's completely off the wall that makes people question their sanity, right? And maybe they're being cute, who knows? But there's a time to be eccentric and a time not to be. So if I was their agent, I'd be like, you do understand that this is a job interview, right? Right? Like mm -hmm. this, you're trying to put your best foot forward. You are trying to make the absolute best impression. So in addition to what you do out there on the field in terms of your, your numbers, like they are, you know, as much interested in who you are as anything else. So you may have just shot yourself in the foot by saying things that are so off the wall, it makes them like question, you know, is this guy like, is this guy level-headed enough that we can count on this guy or not? Because mm -hmm. um, that just makes no sense to be saying something like that. Again, unless it wasn't just and they were having fun with it, but I can't imagine that was the case. But, yeah, if you don't believe in birds, you probably want to keep that to yourself. <laughs> um, and, and whether or not you think space is real, you know, again, there's a place for that, and it's usually after you've, you've made the team and you've established yourself, and then you can be whoever you want to be. You know what I mean? But exactly. Probably, probably not the time to do it on the first date. 
That's great. It's Chris Thomas here with us, former Super Bowl champion, performance development mentor, as well as life coach. You can DM him at Fusion Odyssey. You can also reach him and, and uh, text him in the office at 805-663-8483. Kurt Warner had a tweet uh, about 10 days ago when he was just trying to be honest, saying, like, people keep asking me about this quarterback and this one, and I go through the footage and just evaluating the tape of the quarterbacks in this draft – I don't know who's better than the other one because, number one, the concepts are a mess. They run the same plays over and over. And even last year, Ohio State's footage didn't tell the real story of C.J. Stroud's rookie success. My question to you is how do you discern when you take a look at game footage or at least maybe even highlight packages, how do you look at them objectively to see if that translates to the NFL? Well, I think it's hard. And by the way, Clay, you said tweet. But birds aren't real, remember. That's uh, right. So, uh, okay. I'm going to get a lot of hate mail now. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. That's on me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so it, it's hard. You know, I don't like, listen, we all know that I don't care how many people you have in the room. I don't care how much film you've watched. How many times have we watched organizations get it completely wrong? players that they drafted high. Yeah. You know, and it's like you can never be sure about anything. So really, so much you could you could do what you want, review what you want, watch as much film as you want. But ultimately, it's I think your awareness on the profile of an NFL player that I think allows you to make decisions that you're comfortable with and confident with about the guys that you're drafting. Because you don't know. You're right. I mean, a lot of these colleges they all do that option read stuff. Um, where they're reading the end and they're reading the backer and it's all the bubble screen stuff. And, and it's, it's not sexy. I don't enjoy it. I don't like watching it. And even the <laughs> okay. wide receivers, you can see the effect of it, not just quarterbacks, but wide receivers. You, you watch the combine and given the fact that I've, you know, taught receivers how to run routes like really good NFL guys for 18 years. I mean, I watched the combine and it's shocking how many guys don't know how to run a route. Mm. And, and yet they're the top guys, you know, mm-hmm. in the country because they're off the combine. And it just, you know, tells you a lot about their systems because their systems aren't nurturing, you know, the game that they'll eventually be playing in the NFL. And I'm not indicting the universities because their job isn't to necessarily get them ready for the NFL. Their job is to, you know, win, basically, or else you're going to get fired. So you're going to only run whatever it is you're comfortable with, Right. Um, and so I get that, but it's hard. I mean, this is why you have to really understand, you know, talent and profile and, and intellect. And there are ways I think that when you work people out privately, um, or you work people out on their pro days that you can really, I think, try to expose that. Um, but that certainly doesn't happen to the combine. I mean, I watched the combine yesterday and I'm watching, you know, Dean Lyman doing, shuffle side to side and stopping, you know, left and then going right and then right and then going left and back and forward. I'm like, these dudes are 300 pounds. Like, one of these guys is going to blow out his knee mm-hmm. you know, doing stuff like that. Like, is that really necessary and how often are they going to be doing that? I mean, so much of the stuff they do at the combine to me is archaic. You know, it's so outdated. The whole 40 thing has always, to me, been outdated. There's not one guy, you know, who's running a route or covering a wide receiver that gets in a three-point stand. I mean, so much of your 40 time is your, your get out. And some guys are going to be better than others at getting out. But I want to know how you run on the field, you know. And that's the, not, the 49ers back in the 80s were really smart about not caring that Jerry Rice didn't run a 4-4. Yes. They got it right, mm-hmm. you know. And even when I, went out, when I went and worked out for the Niners, 
They didn't even ask me to run a 40. They could, you know, <laughs> determine my speed and my explosion based on what I did on the field. So I just think that everything they do, it's not everything, but some of the things they do at the combine is outdated, and there certainly are ways that they could be better at diagnosing whether someone really has the game to transition to the next level. And and I don't think you're ever going to do anything that 100% guarantees it, but I do agree with Kurt that, yeah, there's – there's not enough information and in, in film that you could watch that would tell you how a guy's going to play. And this, this is the gamble, right? It's always a gamble. Talking draft combine with Chris Thomas. The only drill that I was like, you know what, this one kind of makes sense is because uh, none of them have names. It's the one with the giant hula hoops with the hut, hut, hike where you're kind of changing direction. I always look at uh, how people are using their arms if they're locked up or if they're actively uh, using it to be a tool rather than just a balancing thing. But I, I do want to ask you about something that's been on my mind personally and, and the concept of rest. I know combine, draft, all this, it's like go, go, go. It's nothing but go, go, go in our lives. But should you have rules for rest oh absolutely it affects everything yeah it's i almost feel like it's navy seal training sometimes at the combine where it's like you're constantly on the go like you get very little sleep it's just like 100 miles per hour and you want these guys to perform their best which is kind of a contradiction right if, if you want me to perform my best then you should allow me to be at my best which requires sleep you know centering myself, being able to eat on, you know, my schedule, all these other things. And they don't do that. It's just a complete whirlwind. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and maybe, listen, maybe that's part of the challenge, Lindsay. I don't know. That was part of what they're trying to see is how can people function and can they function at the highest possible level when they are not in a comfortable environment, when they can't stick with their schedule and all those things. And if that was the idea, then by all means, I think that there's a lot to that. Um, But if the idea was, I just want to see you perform at your best. And, yeah, I agree. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, right. I'm, so yeah. I'm thinking more, yeah. Chris, I'm thinking more about, like, not necessarily the draft pick, but but for the rest of us. Because sometimes I'm like, my body will tell me it's tired, but oh. I have to do this first, or I'm allowed to rest if A, B, and C happens. And I don't always think that's the healthiest way to go about it, but always instantaneously gratifying whatever your body is telling you also isn't exactly a great road to go. Oh, no, yeah, I'm I'm a great example of that. You know, I'm constantly on the go, and I feel like my body can just, you know, maintain and do what I want it to do, but I was I was confronted with a very uncomfortable uncomfor- thing a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago, um, that really had me freaking out and really had me, like, worried that I was getting something very serious. Um, my body felt like I was getting ALS oh, or man. something like that, and it freaked me out. Um, I did not know what was going on. Um, it, it was there for a solid two and a half, three weeks. And, and so, yeah, I was, I was pretty um, scared about what was going on. But ultimately what was determined was that um, my body was telling me that you can't keep just going, 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 going. Like you're all energy output, you're no energy input. Yeah. And your body needs energy input. And it's up to you to recognize that so you don't reach that point. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, our body, unfortunately, unfortunately, tells us a lot. And if we don't listen to it, um, there's, a, there's a price to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not going to be at our best if we don't let ourselves recover. And I've had to learn that the hard way. Um, and it's something I'll battle, you know, because I'm constantly on the go. So I'll have these pockets where I kind of feel that, again, you know, with my body. Thankfully, it's on a very 
you know, low level compared to what it was. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you don't listen to your body, it, then there's a, there's a cost to pay for that. And listen, you can't be at your best. I can't be at my best. Clay can't be at his best if we are not rejuvenating and recovering, right? Like again, everything we do in life requires energy. So if we're not putting energy back in from the energy we're releasing, then there's a depletion that is going to be, you know, is going to manifest in the things that we do in our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Rest is absolutely critical and essential. If you have a son or daughter uh, as a student athlete, we highly recommend you going online, going to social media and checking out what Chris Thomas does on a day to day basis for student athletes all around the country, whether it's uh, tackle football or flag, um, men's and women's soccer, uh, baseball, softball. You can see it up online, the kind of specialized drills that he does. But more importantly, he gets into the IQ of it. And you brought this up, and it reminds me of some of the wide receiver drills you have, especially up on Twitter at Fusion Odyssey, where you kind of do this um, uh, training to catch the tough ball using a light standard in the middle of the field as a distraction. But you also talk about how you have these conversations with wide receivers about owning your route and it's you see you really stress there's technique but then there's iq what does that mean well i think that when you're a gifted athlete as you know virtually everybody is who who ends up at the combine or gets a chance to play in the nfl or whatever even gets a chance to play in college when you're a gifted athlete it's so easy to by default rely on your athleticism to win right especially at the wide receiver spot because at the high school level you can get away with it if you're an exceptional athlete. You can get away with it if you're a pretty good athlete, depending on the level of competition. Um, and so you you fall into this false like belief that your athleticism is good enough. But at some point, that will no longer be true. And oftentimes, that point is in college. Um, and so you have to think about it. If I'm relying on my athleticism to be great at what I do, and then you as a defender is relying on your athleticism athleticism be good at what you do, then you and I both become 50-50 guys, right? Like, I line up, and I may or may not get what I want. And if you're talking about, you know, being a starter in college or potentially a high draft pick and being a starter in the NFL, you can't possibly, you know, succeed being a 50-50 guy. So then how do I, like, change that? How do I make up the difference? Well, this is where the IQ comes in because you're always playing chess. There's always somebody else who's trying to – counter what you're doing but we have as wide receivers all the all the power because we are the ones who know where we're going and when we're going there and how we want to get there and in the process of that we could be manipulating people to do things very subtle and slight things that compromise their ability to stay with us when we change direction right and so that is an iq thing where every single step you take has a purpose behind it leading to something else leading to a defender turning very slightly, and then that subjects them to being manipulated to a point where you can create mass separation. Little things that if you're playing as just an athlete, you're not thinking about, and that has nothing to do with the athleticism. That has to do with IQ. Um, and then understanding to what extent you have got to be throwing your body in different directions and how you do that, right? This disconnection okay. from your hips and your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, there has to be this ability to, to get your body, upper body to flow outside of your lower body. And if you do that, then you have the ability to manipulate people even more, and this is how you become dynamic, right? So there is a huge IQ component because there is not just one way to run a route. You're going to see five, six, seven different defensive looks. And so when I'm faced with five, six, seven defensive looks, 
I need to understand five, six, seven different ways to run my route based on what I see, and I need to diagnose that in five seconds, right? And that's, again, that's not athletic ability, that's IQ. So when you unlock the IQ component, it is huge in terms of its ability to give you a chance to win all the time against anybody, right? And if you're not a phenomenal athlete, then the only option you have is to unlock the mind and unlock unlock the IQ and, and learn how to let your body move like a dude and learn how to let your mind work to play chess, not checkers, right? And that's when the game just changes on all levels. And it, it, it can happen at any level. It happens in the NFL. Those guys unlock that. They can transform everything they do. In high school, it's almost criminal. When you give somebody that information, what they can turn into as a wide <laughs> receiver, it's almost criminal. Like I jokingly tell my guys, like, you're going to get so good and it's going to be so easy that – you're going to feel like you've got to go repent after the game. <laughs> That's what it's going to feel like. You know, forgive me, Father Five, saying what happened this time, son? Another nine catch, 185 you know, yard, three touchdown game. You know, all right, ten backlashes and a Hail Mary. You know what I mean? Like, so, it's, you know, and I, I tell them that because, honestly, it's true because people at that level just simply can't compete. With you. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun when you unlock that part of the game. Hey, that kid got benched because of you, right? <laughs> that kid lost the starting spot because of you. That's the objective. You, you can send him a sorry card after the game. Yeah. You know, you can't feel sorry for him during the game. But that's what I tell guys all the time. You want to steal people's confidence and courage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's why you're playing. I want to steal your courage and your confidence. When you line up, I already have an advantage before I've done anything, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. when you know that you're a dude. Text Chris Thomas at the office, 805-663-8483, and go online, go through the social media, check out Fusion Odyssey for yourself. It's absolutely stunning, and you can find out ways to get the link to his amazing video series, The Gateway to the Mental Game, with so many benefits for your student-athletes and for people in there every day. And you do so much for us, Chris, on Fridays at this time. We absolutely, generally, uh, just thank you so much. We're grateful for it. Thank you. No, I appreciate you guys. I love doing it. Thanks for having me. That's Chris Thomas here with us. Fusion Odyssey, uh, an absolute uh, invaluable link for student athletes, parents, and also for just people in their everyday to get more out of their life and to understand, you know, to understand like the difference between confidence and trust and understanding your mind to understand your own greatness. We'll come back with more from the NFL Combine. Thanks again to Chris Thomas here on the Morning Tailgate. Can you vision yourself playing in Vegas under Pierce? Um, yeah, I mean, I can visit myself playing anywhere. So, um, you know, obviously I, I have not know him. Uh, I was at ASU with him, but uh, not even just him, but just everybody. You know, I, I'm just grateful to be in this position, this opportunity. There it is, Jane Daniels from today's Media Scrums and the question by Q Myers. He and Vinny are live out in the Indianapolis confines for the draft combine here on Raider Nation Radio. All right, uh, 702-365-9200 is the text line from don'tbebroke.com. we we'll also take some calls at 702-365-9200 as well. What do we say from the text line? Because it's, yeah. it's chips and chimps and champs. Yes. It's just chip. Clarifying once again for the unbelievable jackpot that's at your uh, disposal ah. opportunity. Not sure where I'm going with that, but all you have to do is text the keyword chip. <laughs> one singular chip down to your final chip. One more bet to make. Let's put it all on black. Chip. Uh, you can text in that code word to 702-365-9200. The contest opens up at 7, goes till 5 p.m. Changes daily, so make sure you listen all day, every day 
and uh, give yourself a chance to win $2,024. All thanks to Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Radio. Yeah. Yeah. 702 365 Yep. Uh, Vinny, uh, how, how do you think uh, people are now taking to some of the news coming out that, uh, as we heard from uh, all the quarterbacks, from J.J. McCarthy to Jaden Daniels as well as Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams has uh, now said that he will do medical tests only on team visits. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, again, I'm, I'm – with him on that, um, this is a time of year where people will do uh, sometimes some underhanded things, and sometimes uh, it's the ones that are uh, leaking uh, negative stuff because they want the player to fall or the uh, or the or the you know trade compensation uh, to fall so they could go <laughs> you know uh, draft the player. So um, limiting the amount of people who have access to that information. Not I don't think he's trying to hide anything. Uh, but here's the thing: if you if let's say he visits. Six teams. All right, let's just throw that number out there. All right, uh, visit private goes gets on a plane and goes to you know the facility uh, of six different teams. All right, and something out of his medical history leaks, whether it's correct or incorrect, he's gonna know, have a pretty good idea. It's one of these X amount of teams, rather than all thirty-two, where it becomes who knows uh, who who leaked that. So I'm okay with him trying to keep a tight lid on that information uh, by by having as few uh, uh, people uh, as possible see that so that you can kind of control whether or not – because if you're one of those five teams, you're probably not going to do it because – uh, it's probably going to be easier. It will be easier to figure out, you know, who might have who might have done that. So I understand where he's coming from in that regard. It's just weird because he's like the first one ever to say no, and so that's where it's like there's a singularity here. And I can understand there's there's rumors started. We saw all that stuff with C.J. Stroud last year, and he's not the first one to go through that either. But um, I don't know. It just it, well, it, it, think, it's precar- think- It's weird to me. It's it's actually when you think about it, you know, you bring up a good point. It's the first. Well, maybe it's because this has happened before, where maybe somebody finally wised up and said, "Why are we letting everybody see all of this?" Sure. And you know what I'm saying? Like somebody's learned from that experience. So I don't find it weird. I actually think it's pretty smart. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred is the number. Let's get out to the phones. Las Vegas is the site with Raiders sixty six. What's up, sixty six? Good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Hey, good, thanks. You know, it's a good thing that the Chiefs are going for a three-peat, or they may have a mass exodus of players on their hands. Did you see the NFLPA survey results? <laughs> yeah. Unfavorable. Yeah. Chiefs are like next to last. So then their ownership got it not just an F, but an F-. minus. I, I just love that. <laughs> I think I think that is so cool. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I you know, these top three players, I, I, the top three quarterbacks, I don't know if it's possible because, as you know, it takes two to tango. And each of the top three teams, you know, need a quarterback. But even if somebody like New England is thinking of dropping out, what if the Giants sitting at number six figure Jones isn't their answer and they want to go up and get him? I don't think you're going to outbid them because they've got three of the top 50 picks this year. I don't see if they don't have Saquon and they got a rookie quarterback, I don't think they'll have a good record next year. So they're going to have a more advantageous first-round pick next year than the Raiders would if if they made that trade. So I'm not sure that that's doable. So I like what Vinny said on, on one of the preview shows. You know, if that's not possible, maybe you take this Murphy kid. This guy is a monster in the middle, and then you trade back up into the first round to get the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hey, it worked for the Ravens a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. They got Lamar. So why not? But, you know, the, a lot of people look at the draft combine and they go, wow, this is really cool, and everybody together. It didn't always used to be that way. As a matter of fact, back in the early 1980s, uh, there was, uh, you had to have individual workouts for the teams. 
it wasn't until the mid-60s when several teams started grouping together to make uh, these draft organizations so they would share information. But it wasn't until 1982 where they had the first national invitation camp. That's where a lot of the players would get together and you could go and watch it. Now, if you weren't a member of the NIC, there was two other uh, regional ones that you could go to and see most of the players. Now, back then in 1985, the three regionals basically merged or combined, and that's where the name comes from, the, the draft combine. And uh, it, so it, it's kind of cool how that, uh, you know, worked out. And then when the uh, NFL Network started in 2003, then they started televising in 2004. But had, it, had they listened to Al Davis, that might have happened a lot earlier. Back in the early 80s, Al was sitting in the stands watching the players go through the workouts, and, and Ken Herrock dropped by, and Al goes, you know, he goes, people would like to see this. He goes, I think <laughs> if we could get the networks together, and they would pay to put it together, yeah. people would watch this. He was way ahead of his time, and a lot of people only know Al from the final days, but Al was a revolutionary and had great ideas. If, if they had his way, they'd have been televised this thing 20 years earlier. You guys, thanks for the time. Go Raiders and have a great weekend. Thanks, 66. Well done. And uh, that would be funny because if they took the Al Davis perspective at the Combine, especially at the 40s where all the other coaches and evaluators were sitting at the end line of the 40-yard dash, Al Davis was one of the only guys sitting at the beginning of the 40-yard dash because he wanted to see how the NFL players were and college prospects were preparing for the 40-yard dash because there's so much onus on it. He wanted to see what was their mental makeup. How were they preparing? How were they getting themselves ready? And what did their uh, what were their actions look like? Those were important to Al Davis. So it'd be funny to see how the, if he was in charge of it, how the cameras would be skewed all over the field. Yeah, there was even a player uh, yesterday. I think it's Dwayne Carter. He was the first one that went in the defensive line where he got a whistle on his first rep, and then he did his his first forty, and then he got whistled twice on his second attempt. And Ouch. I'm just thinking to him about like he's breathing, he's calming himself down, and and that's that's a scoutable moment right there. It's not yeah. that you get whistled; it's how you respond to the whistle because you could keep going and going. It's kind of like double faulting in tennis, right? And so. Uh, that's where those little evaluation things that I think Al certainly was in on mm-hmm. uh, it, it was was on display at, le- at least uh, to me yesterday with a, a lot of different skills certainly on display. We're getting some great stuff on the text line, inclu- including some chip, not just chips. Uh, but this came in earlier from Raider Turtle. Uh, hello, Mr. Turtle. Uh, he says that Tigers fan here, the only thing Jaden didn't do last year, that being Jaden Daniels, was play defense, literally. The year he had and the offense uh, had rivaled was even better than the 2019 team. And that was probably the greatest team in college history. Our O-line coach now was the O-line coach then. They won the award for best line in college football. Just some things to keep in mind. Do whatever it takes draft pick-wise to go and get this kid. P.S. Go Tigers spelled the Louisiana way. All right. Yes. Hold that tiger. All right. So. That's enough. But I thought said that's interesting. Yeah, he did everything but play defense. Mm-hmm. And that should be taken into account too, right, Vinny? Because you see how uh, somebody would have to like really kind of understand how much pressure he received in the pocket over the, the course of 2022 and 2023 season. And he was doing a lot of running on that field just because there were so many breakdowns. And you wouldn't normally expect that from an LSU team, but he was kind of beholden by that. And that's something that has to be you know kind of taken into account when they take a look at his profile. Yeah, um, he he did everything. Um, I mean, uh, the, the game that he had against Alabama, and we're we're still talking about Alabama. Um, <coughs> so uh, what what he did in that game and rose to the uh, basically carried his team 
uh, in that in that game as he did over and over and over again. So uh, there's really nothing about his game that I don't like other than I'd want him to be a little bit. I don't want him not to run because that's a huge part of his game. But when he does get into the open field, be a little bit more cognizant of, of how he kind of uh, hurls his body around. He's, he's fearless, and I love that about him uh, without question because you have to be uh, wired that way. But you also have to be you know smart and prudent, and I know that you know it's, it's, it's a competitive um, spirit about him, and th- that's hugely admirable. Uh, but it is the NFL. The players are bigger and faster. And some of the hits that he took in college, I'm not so sure he's going to be able to withstand uh, in the NFL. I know somebody will coach him up and, and let him know um, you know, the right way and the wrong way uh, to go about it. And just that, that slide tool becomes your best friend when you're a quarterback. 702-365-9200 is the number to get these tickets for Nitro Cross. We'll take a break on this. Get down there for tonight's action. Tonight is the night for Planet Hollywood's Nitro Cross Championships. We got tickets for the Nitro Dome, 702-365-9200. Final few glorious moments here on the morning tailgate for the week. Just wanted to let everyone know, if you haven't got enough of me this week, I am going to be doing a show live tomorrow from 3 to 7 at the Overhang Bar at Circa for a VGK VGK watch party. Me and uh, JVT from ESPN Las Vegas will be hanging out. So please come on down. There's going to be things to give away and um, wear your VGK swag. All right. You can catch our podcast up online at lvsportsnetwork.com, iTunes, Audible, Amazon, follow, subscribe. And you can also keep it right here on Raider Nation Radio, JT the Brick from 12 to 2, and Q Myers from 2 to 5. Q will be live from the NFL Combine with more updates and interviews coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio's Rich Eisen. Have a great day, everybody.